0: This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories.
1: Hello everyone, uh, welcome to another awesome discussion as usual every Wednesday when we meet and we sit down as we talk about bulls and bears. Uh, technically, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Bulls and Bears is a session that we uh, sit down as the HISA team, we invite a few guests to the show, and uh, we generally have a discussion around what's really moving markets, uh, what is it that guys are really interested in. So Bulls and Bears, just as we do um, other sessions, it's more of an open forum where guys can also be able to just chip in, share a few ideas here and there. Uh, This is usually a forum where we let you actually speak uh, and give us your opinion. There are a lot of discussions that usually uh, go around the open forum uh, here on Telegram. And so what we do is we let you now engage with us. What is really happening? What's moving a few uh, markets here and there? We know this week um, a few guys have really been into Forex and also a few guys have really been into Dogecoin um i know later on we'll be able to let jackson just let us know if he opened a few positions on um on on on, on dogecoin um eric uh, asuma is also in as usual um helping us with a few data as guys um talk here and there uh also don't rem- uh, don't forget uh that this podcast and this session is always brought to you by hisa team uh so in case you're wondering what hisa really is hisa is the is a platform it's Africa's first crowdsourced uh, trading platform that you as an investor you can be able to get news and data from so just um as we continue with this show you can actually just download the Hisa app uh check out the data I know you probably if you're following his on Twitter or if you're within any of the forums for Kenyan Wall Street trading room you're probably wondering where uh, this guy usually get a lot of data from so this is definitely the place that you'd want to really move into as we start today's session, uh, I'd let Eric Asuma probably say something. I know he's um, he wants to mention something about Warren Buffett, but I won't let him yet. Eric, you can just make an introduction.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Eric Asuma, uh, part of the Hisa and Kenyan Wealth team. I'm happy to, as usual. I'm happy to be here to discuss what's happening across markets from both a local and global standpoint a uh, lot happened this week uh I, I, I think much more than we expected i think markets are always a surprise so i'm looking forward to a nice chat and uh discussing uh the same things
1: interesting um i know eric jackson you want to chip in and say your name oh for guys wondering we always say during the podcast that we have three erics so we have eric with a c and eric with a k and then there is also one more eric who's not in the show today but definitely he'll be joining us for we are curious on friday
2: eric jackson to you hey hey everyone hi felix hey nice to to finally again uh congregate today yeah so um, i don't know what you're having today felix is it is it whiskey is it water Uh, for me today i'm just on coffee
1: it's 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 very cold to add something cold in Nairobi, so definitely I'm with you on
2: coffee. Ah, uh, cool, yeah. So for me again, um, in just looking forward to another discussion. Uh, I know there's quite a lot to unpack. Um, a lot of bears on, especially on the on the crypto markets uh, over the past two weeks, uh, and as well on the stock market. Even though we had uh, some good results from the big uh, tech giants, I, I think most stocks uh, sort of just re- retreated after that. So quite a lot to unpack. So looking forward to it. And I've also seen you've you've, you've put there some uh, a topic on on Kenya and her new best friend Tanzania. Uh, <laughs> I think you you just went short of of saying her new best friend Suluhu, but you know, uh, looking forward to that as well. Well, um, something very interesting. I think Kenya to mepata suluhu,
1: so to speak of it. But then, uh, maybe for those of you who are wondering, Eric, we just want to start um, a discussion straight off with the global markets before we come back home. Uh, yesterday, we saw a little bit of a decline. Uh, we saw a tech sell-off. The moment when uh, the, the when when uh, Janet Yellen, uh, the uh, CS that, that is sorry. Christ, why am I into it Anyway, uh, so um Janet Yellen had said yesterday, and for all for those of you who guys who are wondering, uh Janet Yellen is the Treasury Secretary uh, for the United States. So she had said that um rates need to move up for a very long time. For the past, I think one year, the feds have kept their rates to all time lows. We, we're seeing rates as 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 at levels of about zero point something. So Yellen said that rate, rates might need to go up so that the economy can can sort of like recover. And we saw a lot of um, investors, mostly in, in tech stocks and all these other companies, really try to exit. And I'm just checking even right now as we speak, um, the S&P is still trading a, a little bit flat, the S&P 500. Um, it's gone up, it's gained about 15.62 uh, points, which is about 0.38 checking on as well the nasdaq is also at um around 0.28 so something still still slightly low but also um one thing that i'd want us to mention as we look onto these few stocks um the few companies here and there we might also want to look on the companies um sort of like firms that are really uh weighing down the larger components of trading uh, within these global markets. I know this is something that Eric Asuma has been looking and he'd really want to mention, Eric, do you think that with Yellen mentioning that the rates would, would really would need to be uh, moved up? You think that would sort of sway the feds to 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 take the rates up in the next meeting and what, what impact can this really have for investors who are investing in, in, in offshore markets or even investors in the U S and now to them, that's their local market. But for us, you know, Offshore. So, uh, if you could just
0: share your thoughts on that. Interesting. Uh, I think Ye- Yellen's comments were, I think, rattled the market in a way. Uh, I think were, what I was very keen on. Now, uh, what I think for me, what I was very keen on, I think her comments when she said that, look, uh, the government stimu- stimulus package will lead to higher interest rates, and I think this could prevent the economy from uh, from overheating in a way. Uh, <clears throat> I think U.S. markets are, are very unpredictable. And I think after this comment, U.S. stocks were on the red, uh, the likes the tech companies, I think, saw some heavy losses, the likes of Apple, and even including, I think, some of the medical stocks like modern, I think, dropped massively. So I think her comments had uh, a huge impact on the market um, during yesterday's session. But I think for me, what stood out, uh, I think, for me, what stood out mostly uh, were her comments on what's happening on the crypto industry. I think she said that, look, crypto, uh, that industry has to be, has to be regulated. Uh, so, something that we are keenly watching, I think for the next, uh, the next few weeks, I think a lot of regulators around the world are now calling for regulation of this industry. Uh, the question is mm, how, how would they be able to regulate such an industry? But across the global markets, a lot is happening and I'm keenly following up, uh, following on what's happening. in some of these stocks, tech stocks. Uh, in addition to Yellen's comments, I think a lot is happening affecting the markets from shortage of semiconductors uh, to the stimulus package. Uh, uh, I think Joe Biden's comments on, on the economy and uh, all these deals that he has put in place it's very interesting uh, i think it's an interesting quarter for the markets the other question is, is uh, are, are this of your markets going to continue to raise the way they have are we going to see some sort of a uh, a standstill at some point to uh, tell but it's a lot a lot of interesting things are happening across the global markets thanks
1: all right, um, something very interesting, Eric, I know you've mentioned uh, uh, something that might have touched onto Jackson Jackson uh, about, um, about Bitcoin and the entire crypto space being regulated. Uh, I know that um, Eric Jackson has a few reservations, and I know this is something we all agree on. The main reason why um, the invention of the entire blockchain technology and the cryptocurrency space has been a network that is unregulated, um, gives it a little bit of higher value because uh, it's believed that sort of, um, and, and I'd say what I know, um, someone had mentioned earlier on in the forum that the cryptocurrency space is good because it, it technically gives everyone an, an equal opportunity. Uh, my only concern, which maybe also Jackson would just come in and uh, my concern is why are we, if, if, if crypto gives guys an equal opportunity, why are we still pegging it to the dollar? So maybe Jackson, you can chip in on that. Um, do you think regulating the crypto space would be something you might be um, uh, supportive of, or and probably what impacts and what implications would it have uh, to crypto traders guys who already in, um, who've heavily invested currently in in cryptocurrencies?
2: Yeah, uh, I think I think again we we've had the crypto discussions uh, over and over again. And I think teach uh, you you're in the chat, so just feel free. I've have allowed you to speak to also jump in. Um, but again, if if you look at that question of regulation, uh, how do you then um, effectively uh, even regulate that? Uh, for me, I'm I'm looking at um, say just Dogecoin itself. Uh, leave alone even Bitcoin and all the other. Uh, leave alone even Bitcoin. I'm looking at say. DogeCoin, which has risen to um, a market cap of what over, you know, uh, just I think it's it it hit about four hundred billion if I'm not wrong. So so you're looking at at more and more adoption of 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 crypto, um, mm-hmm. and more and more people are actually starting to look at uh, at how do we then incorporate uh, all the various say, cryptocurrencies into our systems. We've had a lot of major players uh, like Visa warm up, uh, major banks in the U.S. as well uh, warm up. So I think at this point, we shouldn't really be talking about uh, regulation in a bad uh, way because um, realistically there is no way uh, we can say crypto is banned and is not going to be used. So it's going to be a way in which governments find it safe for them to uh, partake crypto uh, applications rather than uh, really doing something like banning it or uh, regulation which usually means um taking away the innovation uh from that uh, application so for me I, I i really am not i think we are past that stage of worrying about really a government clamping down strongly on crypto because even uh what what we saw with Turkey. I think two weeks ago. Um, although it sent quite some some chills uh down some traders, you know, in different markets. But again, uh Bitcoin has been resilient enough to recover from that, from that news of uh Turkey sort of putting some restrictions on on traders, uh trading the crypto. So for me, I feel like we are past that point. Uh it's really about governments trying to find a way to uh, incorporate crypto into their systems or finding uh, a leeway to actually then uh, use uh, cryptos for uh, given applications, uh, say, be it for a store of value or uh, anything else. But again, Kaptej, uh, I know you, uh, this is something that you you are passionate about, so maybe you can also share your comments.
3: Right. Uh, uh, thank you, Eric. I think I I, I agree with uh, your sentiments in terms of uh, uh, Bitcoin uh, and uh, crypto taxation being uh, beyond government uh, ban because the way it is designed, and also the amount of um, I mean we are talking about a two trillion uh, dollar market cap right now, something that uh, was less than um, two hundred billion a few um, a few months ago. So. Uh, I think uh, on Dogecoin, I think uh, it's basically, uh, it has no fundamentals for uh, number one. There are no fundamentals of of it. It was actually like a a mime coin, which is like a joke cryptocurrency, but um, with a lot of hype and fud, I think it has gotten a lot of um, interest. Of course, um, the number one uh, guy who is actually pushing for it is um, Elon Musk, um, which I think, I don't know whether he's, He's joking about it or he's serious because uh, um, I don't want to think the day he'll he'll say something negative about uh, Dogecoin, uh, what will happen to the market. Because um, in the end, I think it's basically people's uh, emotion that is being uh, like uh, walked around. And um, right now, I think the past two weeks I've gotten calls from people I talked to long time ago. Uh, and the funny thing is that they're, they're asking about Bitcoin asking about Dogecoin. So that tells you how uh, the euphoria is uh, up there. Uh, But uh, we're going to see some, uh, of course, uh, correction uh, very soon. But um, uh, by and large, uh, crypto is a growing industry. It is actually uh, turning heads right now. And um, in a couple of, uh, I mean, uh, Erica, I like the fact that you mentioned about uh, Turkey. When Turkey came out with a big ban, I think uh, most people were really uh, like shaken. But I was like, "Yeah, this is good because uh, it puts more uh, things into perspective." And right now, actually, they are—they have a well-structured way of now addressing uh, Bitcoin in Turkey, which is actually a very uh, a big positive in crypto. Which I think—I think I mentioned last time. But uh, all in all, let's—it's good to work with fundamentals in anything that you're doing, and uh, that's why. For Bitcoin, for crypto, uh, it has to have some basics. That's what I I like to uh, to, uh, to 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 insist on. Thank you.
4: Yeah, may, maybe I can share a bit uh, on that. <laughs> Sorry for coming in a bit late.
3: Yeah,
1: but... hi, how, how
4: are you? Ah, uh, good, good, thanks. Yeah.
1: Uh, welcome, um, welcome uh, boys.
4: Thanks. Um, it, it's interesting Yellen's comments actually people should really go back and look into history a bit in the 1970s the same thing happened um of course the fed then wasn't doing quantitative easing the thing was that interest rates were extremely low and so what what ensued was a really high high amount of inflation and what happened next and of course the fed has said that they won't increase rates until 2022 2023 2024 they're about or at least that's what they want um in reality if inflation shoots up they'll be forced to increase rates because the economy will overheat okay and that's uh, of course will force the prices of stocks to go down (laughs) For, for for those who don't get uh why this happens or why the stock market is so reliant on the Fed either raising and uh, reducing rates, that's monetary policy. It's cause when you effectively increase rates, you increase the weighted average cost of capital. So you increase um, the rate at which businesses can take loans and such things, which in- increases, you know, the, the cost of doing business, et cetera, which reduces profits. And uh, that makes forward prospects to look really bad. So when the Fed, when the Fed reduced rates to zero, it increased valuations in the present. Uh, But of course, if inflation shoots up, the vice versa will have to happen, Fed will have to increase rates and valuations will shoot all the way down. And actually that's what Bitcoin solves, you know. Um, Interestingly, you know, over long periods of time, uh, through innovation, through, uh, what's this called? Uh, As business uh, flourishes, in a matter of speaking, the prices of goods and services are actually supposed to go down. So in the long run, we're actually supposed to experience a deflation in an economy, uh, deflation of prices of goods and services and the like. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. And the reason it doesn't happen is because we don't have a constant monetary base, you see, because governments are always printing money, et cetera, and hence uh, inflation and the like. Now, Bitcoin actually resolves that to a large extent because, OK, the monetary base is constant in that it's fixed at the 21 million and that's the total amount that will uh, ever come out and so it's disinflationary especially relative to the dollar so th- there's a lot of innovation in that space that i think people are really taking into account and i've also seen that people so pull, you know flying to that as a hedge of sorts and also to uh, gold which is good and uh, an inflationary environment. Mm -hmm. So this really interesting things to see play out. Of course, it's one of the things that um, I kind of hoped hoped would happen, uh, that the stock market in the US would really correct. Because at at the end of the day, valuations are extremely high. You know, fundamentals don't reign uh, at present. But assuming that the interest rate environment was quote unquote normalized, valuations would come down as people
0: now start focusing on fundamentals rather than yeah other things um done felix yeah um
1: thanks, uh, thanks thanks a lot davis i think that's quite something that a lot of guys might have been wondering what's really happening and why um comments by by Yellen would would really uh would would really send stocks uh tanking uh because looking at stocks if you're looking on the week on week performance that's looking on the past five days uh and i'm looking on a few stocks an example is i'm just trying to look on apple and and apple apple which has been the major um laggard i guess on the on, on on the big tech stocks has been down from about 136 uh USD, that is a week ago, that's on Thursday last week, and now it's about 129. Well, it might not seem marginal uh, for a lot of guys, but um, if you're looking at it as well from an investment perspective, that is something that's quite huge. But also on the pos- positive side, um, Apple is trading right now at, um, it's gone up about 100, 1.23%. Uh, so that technically means if, if, if Apple, uh goes up then also looking at it on the other hand microsoft is trading within the same range uh also looking at amazon uh is also okay amazon is slightly on the lower edge about uh, it's down about 0.7 percent but um if, if the major uh blue chip companies listed in the us markets will be positive then we're hoping that maybe um the s&p 500 and the nasdaq would would close uh, on, on on the higher edge. Uh now maybe I just move into the next bit, which I know most guys are really waiting for. Uh it's usually said that a dog has its day, but look like we've had one that has been here for a whole year. Uh, I know Capteach had mentioned a little bit something slightly about this, but maybe I'll just bring him back as well to the topic. Um, we we're seeing uh Dogecoin or Dogcoin has gained. Dogecoin has gained about Fourteen thousand percent! oh my god that's year to date i don't know i don't know i don't know what i'm doing with my life i didn't buy dogecoin i think this is one of those things that i can personally regret kaptic i don't know if you bought into dogecoin what would be your takes you've you've said that we should expect a correction probably what level should that correction be because i'm seeing like looks like um diamond hands have all come back to dogecoin everybody is holding so with 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 less supply, the demand has seems to have really gone up, and I think also guys have a fear of missing out. That's formal. So with guys um, literally being afraid of buying into guys guys if that that fear of missing out, and with the support of Elon and everything else, what should we really expect? Should investors look at this from um, sort of like a lower um, temporary thing, uh, but then also at the same time? Maybe if you just also just um, give guys on a few thoughts. You know, we can't talk about crypto and we don't talk about Bitcoin. Uh, what would be your your thoughts on on BTC? Uh, so I'll just bring up Teach back and then we we can have um, a few discussions on cryptos before now we move back to the stock market.
3: Thanks, thanks for the uh, for the for the for the invite. So on Dogecoin, I think. Um, I maybe want to compare with what maybe stocks uh, saw something similar. That's on, uh, was it GameStop? Where we saw huge spikes up, then uh, something down, then again, another spike up, then another one down. And uh, where is it right now? I think we you, you know better where it is right now. So I think the same would apply to Dogecoin because um, there's a lot of interest, meaning a lot of uh, money coming into the the particular pair of Dogecoin and uh, USDT or Bitcoin, so that of course will push it it's uh, the price uh, uh, high, but it won't uh, sustain for uh, for 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 long for a long period, which of, of course it will have a huge uh, a huge dip. So just to maybe to answer what you're saying, I think um, probably I think uh, what uh, about uh, maybe seven two hours or something or even one week where uh, would uh, would see uh, some light, but uh, the best thing to compare with is uh, GameStop. Maybe you can uh, touch on it when once I finish. Uh, on Bitcoin, I think uh, it's al- almost getting because um, uh, it didn't pass a, a key support. There's le- a key resistant area that it was actually aiming to to pass. That is about a uh, sixty one uh, thousand so. Again, we may see another uh, backdrop uh, to 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 start another another trending uh, downwards. But um, well, it's crypto; anything is possible. But uh, all in all, uh, investors shouldn't uh, like. I mean, if you're willing, I mean, first of all, of course, the rule of investing is that uh, you should actually at least uh, invest what you 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 are willing to lose. Um, if you are looking to onboard the Dogecoin now, I, I, I doubt whether uh, uh, it would be a good idea, but um, I mean, everybody has his, his own investing uh, strategies, uh, but uh, f- from where I sit, I think uh, uh, it's if you didn't board the ship uh, back in January or even uh, early uh, April, or, uh, sorry, early May, I think um, uh, you may be like now, uh, handing over your money for guys to to exit but uh that's that's my view for now thanks yeah
1: and then once again to everybody who's listening as usual the rule is whatever you hear on this show is purely just a, a discussion that a few random guys are having this is not yes
0: yes yes yes, yes. That's, that's true security
1: yeah so i believe that is one thing that guys have taken in cup has given a very good explanation and a disclaimer please don't buy based on this advice do your own research before you buy um, anything else on the market. Um, I'll just probably um, bring back um, Erika Suman now as we touch on the local market. I know Davis is is on standby as well. Uh, One thing that I'd really want us to really, now have a a little bit of an extensive look would be um, Safaricom as a company and as a stock. So Safcom has, has dropped in today's trading session it's gone down about 0.6%. Um Eric what would be your take do you think that we have guys who are um, exiting the market do you think guys are profit taking um what what would really be your take on Safcom considering that yes our our most favorite company uh, not not really our most favorite but um, what do we call it uh our most diversified company, because if you buy Safcom, you've diversified into the market. Uh, what would what would be your take? Do you think guys are profit-taking or should we start expecting another load of approach from foreign investors who I think last week um, were a majority of of, of uh, those who had activity on Safaricom?
0: Interesting. Uh, I think someone asked, uh, uh, shared a very interesting uh, thoughts on, I, I think, Eric. You remember you shared a screenshot of someone who said, uh, Should we expect Safaricom to hit 50 soon? People gave their different views in terms of what's expected, but my thinking was with this new, when Safaricom announced last week that look, they have placed a bid uh, for the Ethiopian telecom license, I think that um, again excited, made investors to be excited uh, about that particular account. I think at the time, uh, at the time, I think the stock last week. I think it hit about a new high of around forty-one. Uh, a new high of around forty-one. And I think, given that uh, on Friday the Ethiopian, I uh, I think uh, that the agency that uh, is involved with issuing the license said that now only two companies that uh, placed their bids, and basically it was home and. The consortium of Safaricom and the others, and uh, uh, and MTN. So basically, it's expected that from what investors expect, Safaricom will be one of those that will be awarded the license. In addition to that, uh, they they expect to release their their earnings. I think on, I think that that will be next week. So my thinking is most. I think most of this is already priced. Uh, investors have already priced in. Uh, I think most of them priced in. So some are, the, some are either prof- Most, specifically the foreign investors, my thinking is, uh, it's a moment they are trying to, to cash out. Uh, given that the counter is already up. I think, if I'm not wrong, I think when when the year was beginning, it was around uh, around 25 shillings. Early from around. Uh, Twenty six, something like that. But it's gone up uh, over the year, so it's a stock that I think it's good. Uh, it's, it's that stock that if if you if you're trading local equities, it's a stock that you can't miss to have as part of your portfolio. But look, yeah, yeah. and also Okay,
1: no, no, it's a, it's sure, Eric. You can you can just finish that before I,
0: I give a few comments. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is Safaricom plays a big part of the NSE and a big part of our economy. So, as you said, this not uh, investment advice, just our own thoughts. So my thinking is Safaricom will hit 50. Uh, I don't know when, <laughs> but... I, mean, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> so. I think, Felix,
0: uh, and, and Felix, I know we,
2: we, we've wanted to have this uh, discussion just a bit more. And given that Davis is here uh, with us as well, um, and, and I know Eric, the other Eric has joined us, or should, uh, we've just lost him again. Uh, but, but I think we, it, it could be good to also just look at uh, Safaricom holistically again, uh, Davis, as we've done before. And um, in as much as Eric is showing a lot of optimism, uh, you know, uh, we've always said that uh, Ethiopia is high risk, high reward. So, um, and you outlined some of these risks in our in our previous charts uh, as well. To just look more holistically on it as a company, and then for it uh, as a stock again, given the, the risks that um, that could happen with, uh, say, um, maybe the separation of uh, M-Pesa from the main business, or even the high capex that are involved in setting up in Ethiopia as well.
1: Um, maybe just. Just before uh, Davis really comes in, uh, I know we've really had a discussion about Safaricom into Ethiopia, but maybe we can also have a brief overview and maybe a discussion with Davis uh, on on what what should investors really expect from Safaricom's um, full year results? Because uh, that should be next week, Um, next week on Thursday, for those of you who are wondering, Jackson, I know this will be updated on the, uh, on, on, on the Hisa app, the, we should get the events calendar coming up soon, right?
2: Yeah, I've actually just shared the screenshot in the group. Uh, okay. Yeah, but that should be rolled out to to all the users soon uh, to just track any upcoming uh, dividend dividend payments, book closures, AGMs, you know, uh, results, announcements, and all of that.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking there, Safcom is releasing the results on the 13th. Uh, But David, you can just proceed. We can just also have a discussion. I'll share with you guys a few thoughts on what a few brokers have said regarding um, Safaricom's result, uh, what they expect. But I believe that's one thing. um, I'll let David go first then I'll give you guys a comment. Yeah. um, Among things of note is uh,
4: some of the speculation that was made as to why Safaricom and I think MTN were the only ones who actually applied for the license in the end. Uh, some of the speculation that was being made is that Ethiopia will actually make uh, the pe- the companies that win the license to build their own infrastructure, to, to reach out to the people, etc. Now, as Safcom does that, this means that... Um, and and they've actually mentioned this, they'll take up a huge amount of debt. Of course, with interest rates being low as they are, the interest expense may not be as high as they would have otherwise been, uh, but they'll still take uh, take up a lot of debt and then the capex will be extremely high. The capital expenditures on that project, you you can imagine putting up telco towers um, and the like. And then among the other concerns that Of course, this will weigh down the bottom line of Safaricom. And then other concerns that we had was that, um, what was it? That first of all, it's not mobile money that's being allowed. Of course, Ethiopia said that mobile money will be allowed over time, uh, which is a good thing. So the, the, the chief concerns that we had was that Safaricom is almost, it's entering that market almost as if it's Airtel. Uh, airtel now to our local market so you can imagine uh, the amount of costs they have to incur just to gain those is to take those clients from ethiopia telecom, telecom which is already well established and the like this may weigh down on um, safaricom's financials and ultimately lead to you know lower prospects going forward high risk um high reward type of scenario so Investors have to weigh that and bear that in mind. But this thing will either end in Safaricom really penetrating into the market well and being part of the growth because the penetration with regard to, uh, what, telcos and the like is really low in that country. Uh, mobile penetration and the like is really low and they have such a high uh, population density, you know, 100 million and or some something along those lines if they're able to pivot, if they're able to leverage all their know-how and to get into the market to do all things well, they will get highly rewarded, you know, in the mobile, in the data, and eventually in the, uh, sorry, in the voice, in the data, and eventually mobile money segment. But initially going in, they are an underdog. We can't view them as the Safaricom that we're seeing in Kenya right now. You're more or less viewing them as Airtel uh, in that market, at least, as they try and go in. It's a good thing that they're going in as a consortium, so it's not them alone and they're able to spread out the risk. Uh, But there are lots of considerations that must be made. Also, the political instability, albeit um, someone joked that even the the bandits and the like need to communicate with one another so they can't destroy the infrastructure. It wouldn't do anyone (laughs) any good uh, in that particular regard. As to the financials, I'm thinking there'll be wait. Its financials ended full year, what twenty? So ended December. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I can't remember when the when the Ninis were lifted. the The measures that the government had taken to cushion Kenyans, you know, so that had an impact on their financials before. I think that that was half year, if I'm not mistaken. But going forward, seeing as those were lifted the company will return back to previous profitability. Um, chief concern in our local market is the amount of market share that Safaricom has been losing over the past few years. It's still dominant, and Airtel is actually making a lot of losses because of their low cost model, which is helping them gain market share, but you know, they, they could be the opposite effect of if they increase prices to the extent that Safaricom has. Uh, people might migrate elsewhere because they they have the problem of uh, poor network and the like. So you, it's hard to justify using this network when <laughs> when it's expensive and then it's poor. Um, so I believe Safaricom will do OK, <laughs> like they'll do well in, in, in this. They always do well, in a sense. But as Eric had mentioned earlier, All these things have been taken into account and I think that they're playing out in the share price already. Right now the share price isn't backward looking per se, it's really, really forward looking. The share price is actually taking into account Safaricom winning uh, the Ethiopia license and more so possibly establishing itself well within the region. If the opposite occurs, um, the company won't, uh, the company will suffer in the short to medium term and also possibly in the long term because it's it's already a mature company so you know the growth phases you, you start um, a startup then there's the growth phase then there's a the maturity and then eventually there's the decline if the company doesn't innovate but i'm glad to see that the company is going to different sectors such as insurance i think money management to some extent and also the the model that the new ceo is actually employing is really good, you know. It's those ones of Netflix and the like. It's only that the perception being given out is, is bad, you know, by some let's say factions of the media and some personalities out there. Like what kotu said, unfortunately. But it's good that they are creating small teams to be innovative, rather than go through the entire uh, bureaucratic process of going through the entire company uh, trying to get something um, online. Now things are innovative. Things are quick. <laughs> Yeah,
1: which is good if you're going forward. Yeah, sorry I've spoken a lot. <laughs> it, it, it's okay. You know, it, it happens with all analysts. Anytime you talk about something, when you're passionate about it, definitely it gets into you. So um, I'm seeing that most, um, and I'll just quote, uh, I've seen I've seen reports from um, two invest, major investment banks. I've had a report from um, Sterling Capital, and I've also seen a report from FIDA Investment Bank of which Sterling Capital is looking at FIDA. They're definitely recommending a hold, but sorry, not looking at FIDA, my apologies. Looking at Safaricom, uh, they're giving Safaricom a hold recommendation, but then they feel that Safaricom is trading at um, at a premium um, because of the rally that was driven by the announcement of Ethiopia and also the announcement of the interim dividend which Safaricom uh, issued earlier on in Feb. So according to Sterling, they think that Safcom would uh, is most likely to decline um, about 30, to thirty-seven shillings and fifty-nine cents or thereabout. Um, I think this would be something that um, would be hard to hold, but then also at the same time, um, I'm also seeing the same from uh, Faida. But Faida, is optimistic. Let me just get the data. Uh, they're looking at Safcom. Oh my God! Okay, this is heartbreaking, to breaking, but I'm seeing FIDA is recommending SAFCOM. They're neutral on SAFCOM, so it's not a hold. They're, they're not giving any recommendation, they're neutral on it. But the target price is, I feel, is pretty low at around 33 shillings per share. So we're seeing sterling at um, 37 and FIDA here at uh, 33. Uh, we're looking here, there are few estimates as well that um, key ratio that these investment banks technically have. Uh, the service revenue for Safcom uh, likely to go down uh, 2.8%, the total revenue about um, 2.5%, that is from FIDA. Uh, we're looking at the operating costs uh, down, down about 3.2. These are focused guys. So technically even these investment banks, what they're telling you is that, you know what, we're not giving you guys that this is something, this is just estimates that they uh, probably think that this could be the case. The earnings per share for Safcom, uh, they think it might go down marginally to about zero point, by about zero point seven, uh, and uh, the dividend outlook they're looking at a final dividend of zero point nine five, but it would be just important to just look onto that. Safcom had issued an interim dividend earlier on, uh, which is already there. Uh, coming to Sterling, uh, also just to give guys a little bit of an outlook um the fair value estimate um i believe i've given guys that uh so i've told guys that they're looking at SAFCON to just come down a little bit so uh on the other thing we are seeing that they're, they're looking at the earnings before interest and taxes for sterling capital they're looking at earnings before interest uh, and taxes to about 95.7 billion which i don't know i really don't know but Let's really let, let's hope that things really come out. But also, we're looking at M-PESA revenues could be on the decline for the first time. I think in a very long while, uh, the year-on-year performance on M-PESA could actually be low. But Davis, I know you've also you've always had a little bit of an overview on on these companies on Safcom, um, considering that Safcom is literally our market. Safcom currently is about 79% of, or up at least 60% of our market, above 60% of the market capitalization. And so it's controlling a lot of market activity. I know what guys are really asking here is, um, would you agree with these estimates? Is it something that you as an individual, you think that something can be able to work with? And I'm also seeing on the forum, Carlos has said that the CapEx plan for 2021 is huge. Uh, that's for Safarico. Maybe Davis you'd want to say a few things on that as well. And then uh, maybe I'd also just bring in Jackson as well later on.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree with the estimates, uh, considering all the effects of the lockdowns and for the fact, the fact that um, the transaction costs actually went down uh last year to help cushion citizens and the like so in the short term at least these financials you can see a slump in revenue but going forward of course it will recover in light of um things picking up even though i've seen industry data showing that transactions actually decreased in light of no uh transactions for for what transactions Okay, transactions for less than a thousand shillings really took up once those transaction costs were removed. However, they decreased quite significantly once they were placed back as, you know, uh, people were (laughs) getting weighed down by these transaction costs and the like. So Safcom will recover in the medium term. In the short term, it will suffer. Uh, Not suffer, sorry, it will have stagnant revenues or a slight decline, sorry. Um, with regard to CAPEX, as expected, it will likely go up quite significantly if they get the Ethiopia telco license because of the amount that they need to invest in infrastructure and the like. And yeah, there's a lot of risks going forward, honestly, looking at the Ethiopian markets. This is something that people have to take into account going forward. If you're a long-term investor, of course, you'll ignore the noise and kind of... Hunker down and and wait to see the outcome of all these things. If you have a uh, bullish mindset toward the management and you know the diligence and the like, you know that the execution will be well, yeah, it would be a good long-term buy as has always been the case. But just know that if this Ethiopia expansion is a huge miscalculation, uh, the firm will really be weighed down, uh, especially financially, which may even give a bit of opportunity for airtel to take up more market share uh, i'm sorry what was the
1: the last question um really i think you you've touched on most of it you you've you've touched on what you think about the estimates that the two investment banks have given and i believe i've, I've just shared with you guys the the, the, the styling report the the manningson they really think the expectation so you can also be able to just check on that and just share your thoughts as well later on. Um, the next, the question was really about, do you really think this, the prices were correct? And do you agree with them that the prices might come down? Uh, and I'll really just stress, I'm seeing one of the investment banks is saying uh, is saying 33 as, as fast 33. And also I'm seeing styling as well on the other end, saying that it could be at around 37. I don't know, but guys who bought in at around, I know, yes, definitely, guys who bought in in into the company at prices of about of of um of, of above forty might have been just the fear of missing out, definitely. Um, that's for more. But do you think that these prices would be sustainable? I know that's what most guys are really wondering because technically, as much as it's not an investment advice that we're giving, but you and I, technically, just having a discussion, do you think that? It would be okay to say if i wanted to buy into safcom do you think you'd say that this price is now way up um way above the limit or it's something that an investor could still consider but you've also said that somebody who has a long-term outlook might still also consider just holding on to the company uh once again guys this was not an investment advice um davis was just having an, an opinion so always remember <laughs> to <laughs> Yeah,
4: uh, take that into account. Uh, <laughs> I'm just sharing my own personal insights. It's not advice to buy or sell anything. So, yeah. to be honest, if you value Safaricom as a telecommunications company, which it is, you know, that's where the majority of the revenues come from, it is severely overvalued. <laughs> it's, in fact, quite overstretched. But you must realize that people have been saying it's overvalued since, what's, since it was trading at roughly 19. Yeah.
1: From and there's the day we were
4: saying Safcom was overvalued. Yeah, so so now depending on the valuation metrics that you're using, it's either you're looking at the future prospect of the company, you've taken into account the expansion and um have taken that into account in your model, you may be willing to pay a premium for it, but I would discourage that. The the reason being is that and and there's actually uh, something I, I recently shared here it was on, on a certain podcast called rational rational investing so the the problem with investing in companies that are trading at such high premiums is that there is likely to be underperformance over longer longer periods of time because future growth has already been taken into account and the share price is already trading at that future growth. Uh, as Eric had mentioned earlier, <laughs> you'll find that Safcom may not even move even if they announce good results, um, stagnant results, etc. because future growth prospects have already been taken into account. So as regard to the price targets, uh, <laughs> I would say price targets are... <laughs> uh price targets of safaricom have for some reason always been wrong on a historical basis so people will make the price target safaricom will surpass and a large reason for this is because if you look at indexes that are investing into emerging markets you'll notice that safaricom is the only one which has the float or that can meet these large funds investing into countries such as Kenya so a lot of these funds are pushing the share price up of the prospects of the company and also uh, their models that that's, the, that's the, the assumptions that they're making within their models so the share price will always remain elevated it will trade at the higher PE ratios, which are not accustomed to. You notice companies in our stock market trade at PE ratios of below 10, whereas in global markets, they're trading around 30s. Of course, uh, that's because of the interest rate environment and a lot of other factors, but global investors who are particularly centered on Safaricom, because it's the only company that meets the capitalization, um, will invest in this company with the high PE ratios, driving the PE ratios even higher, uh because it's what they are accustomed to and what they have taken into account according to their pricing models so for local uh investors i mean our local brokers and the like of course will view it from the mindset of let's say our local other companies in a matter of speaking but global investors they view it a bit differently they're looking at future growth future prospects and the like if you're if you're analyzing the company looking backward, basing it on uh, past performance and the like, you'll value it lower. Actually, I remember doing a model, I estimated a, a what KGA going forward of, that's compounded annual growth rate of roughly 15%, discounted it at like 10%. I got a valuation of roughly 30, almost the same as those guys. <laughs> so as you can see, yeah. So anyway, in, in a lot of words, I hope some insight was gained from that.
1: All right, Davis, um, I think we've really been on to Safcom, and maybe just before uh, we have a discussion, Davis, you've you've done um, a review of Kenjan. I don't know if you'd be sharing that report with us, and maybe just you'd give us an overview uh, on, on on the Kenjin uh, report that you actually did an analysis of.
4: Yeah, uh, thanks for that. So I did an analysis on Kenjan. I've tried to break it down into layman's terms so anyone can understand. So I've looked at the different revenue streams that the company has of course electricity revenue taking majority of its revenue bringing in roughly 80 percent uh taking a look at the expenses and expenses going forward and also earnings the, the bottom line and the like and also done a evaluation as well as a risk matrix as pertains to the company the main risk that the company faces is of course the sing- single buyer model in that kplc is the only company that can buy uh, electricity that Kenjan produces and then the growth prospects of the industry as a whole have been quite low. I believe for the past five years the Kega has been le- r- less than two percent with regard to electricity demand growth while electricity supply has grown at almost three percent which is really daunting because now we have a electricity supply of roughly 2,600 megawatts and a demand of roughly 1,800 megawatts. So we need time for uh this um demand to catch up with supply the problem is uh epra keeps on signing new power purchase agreements which increases the supply of electricity it's a good thing that they're reviewing it Uh, so they're talking to you know these discussions are being had. The renegotiation of power purchase agreements is being had, and hopefully that will bear fruit and allow some opportunity for electricity demand to catch up with supply. Because the risk that Kenjan faces going forward is that they're enacting a good to great strategy. That's G two G. They're hoping to increase the electricity supply by seven hundred megawatts, mainly focusing on geothermal. That's a lot of renewable energy, and this is a huge problem because who will it sell that electricity to going forward if demand doesn't grow up grow at the same rate you've noticed that it's trade receivables the amount that it's supposed to receive from kplc has grown at a compounded annual growth rate of 22 percent that is insanely high and this amount will continue to increase because the government which is uh, the largest shareholder in both companies will not force KPLC to continue paying Kenjan, even though they said they'll try to, but you know, they didn't give a timeline. And then they told KP- Kenjan not to look, uh, not to follow up on the debts in a sense. So the company is a really good company, but as you view it, you have to view it with the mindset that it's resting on KPLC. That's why it's performing mm-hmm. mediocrely. I mean, it's only trading at two times earnings really. Yet the future prospects look really bright if the company, um, if the industry as a whole grows, if demand for electricity grows at a larger rate than supply, hoping that happens going forward. And But among things that I've mentioned in the report is similar to Safaricom, CAPEX is about to go extremely high. In fact, uh, in the year 2014, that's full year 14, they had capital expenditures of 61 billion, that drove the free cash flows to be negative. And going forward, as they enact the good to great strategy of increasing uh, supply by 17 uh, sorry, 700 megawatts, that will happen again. But among the things that they'll profit from is that Kenjin gets tax credits every time that it uh, it does what? It brings a new, um plant online so in the year 2023 2024 as a lot of its supply comes online it will receive huge tax credits and tax credits average roughly 32 percent of profit so they will make a lot of money in those years and assuming it continues trading at what it's trading at investors will profit from dividends they'll profit from a lot Yeah, but there's a lot of different things that need to be taken into account when investing into Kanjin or when looking into Kanjin. So yeah, hopefully I'll share that in this group and in different forums so that guys can have a look. I've really tried to explain it in layman's terms so that everyone can understand and yeah, I hope it's meaningful. And of course, it's not investment advice. It's merely just uh, analysis for educational purposes. All
1: right, Davis, so maybe you've mentioned uh, the technical bit. So in just one sentence uh, in English uh, in in plain English um, do you recommend do you look at Kenjin as, as a stable company long term not really don't give a recommendation that buy or sell but what would be your take do you look at Kenjin as a um, stable company long term or 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 it might end up being another KPLC in your in, in just one sentence
4: it It is a very very stable company. The diversification drive is so immense. The management is good There's just so much innovation in that company. The problem is that It's okay. subject to external factors, unfortunately.
2: Yeah
1: All right, um, okay guys. I know we've been here for long. We just have about um three minutes left into the booze bears and whiskey so maybe i would give um eric jackson uh, a minute or two to say something and then asuma you'd uh, probably give us a close before we end today's session
2: yeah uh well me i'm just i'm i'm, I'm still just uh, trying to to digest uh, davis's comments on both on both of and uh, and kenjen um yeah but but, but definitely, obviously, it's as, as we say here, we are not giving investment advice. We we are here to educate, to just uh, give you guys an insight or uh, a deeper look into um, what a few things mean for these companies. And um, again, as we've always said personally as well, uh, I, I concur with Davis that uh, I feel like Engine is, uh, long term, is, is really a solid uh, company with uh, quite a lot of good things going for them uh, especially in terms of uh, just strategy diversification uh, beyond just kenya uh, where they're looking at different markets like uh, ethiopia um, and other east african markets to just diversify that geothermal uh, generation skills and expertise that they have in those markets so we could see some revenues coming from the from from that consultancy or uh, those external contracts. Uh, that they are signing up, um, and again, uh, at the end of the day, as we always say, they are paired with uh, Kenya Power since they they have to almost exclusively sell their power through there. So at the end of the day, we can't really have a discussion without looking at that effect of of Kenya Power to Kenjan. But uh, but but for me, again personally, long term, I feel like uh, it's it's quite a solid uh, company. Um, and on Safaricom of course. Um, quite a lot that we've shared and discussed, uh, especially in terms of just what to expect this year. Um, I, I feel like the numbers from, uh, from from the reports that, Felix, you've shared, um, they're quite uh, pessimistic, uh, so to speak. Uh, we understand uh, I personally understand that uh, the recent rally to to break the 40 barrier was driven largely by you know um, the sentiment of Ethiopia and you know just the culmination of all of all that news, but as well there's this I feel like there's still quite a lot going for Safaricom as a company. Um, the management seems to have uh, struck a chord. Uh, I think they're. They, uh, Pitandego has started to really, uh, you know, chart his own path beyond, or away from what uh, we were used to from uh, Bob, the predecessor. So, uh, I, I feel like um, overall, it's it's quite pessimistic uh, in the 33 region. Uh, but again, we anticipate that the results wouldn't really be 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 be, be very hard, given that uh, some of the measures. Uh, were really uh, were really rolled back and uh, the rates on on transaction charges uh, and so forth came back into effect. Uh, so yeah so let's 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 wait and see what the results uh, how the results look like. but uh, overall I think um, I'm still quite optimistic about the company uh, in the long term especially given this the prospects with Ethiopia.
1: All right. Uh, maybe Asuma, you might want to say a few words before we close today's session.
0: Uh, thanks, Felix. Uh, good insights from uh, the team, Eric and uh, the likes of capteach Davis. Thanks a lot for those insights. Uh, I hope this will help a lot of people to generally um, know what's happening across the markets. And uh, but this shouldn't be taken as investment and as investment advice. So um, I think my comments will be on a few things that have happened this week, uh, basically on crypto. Uh, I think I don't have a piece of Dogecoin, but I think what's happening is that uh, it's, I think Felix, you had mentioned, it's that fear of missing out. I think that's why I think I saw a report that uh, this week, Robin reported that it was, it was experiencing issues with the, <laughs> uh, on, on its crypto exchange due high, due, due to high, uh, trading volumes. I think part of what I saw that they had indicated there was a partial outage uh, because uh, Dogecoin had gone up to nearly fifty percent. Uh, I think on just a single session, uh, Bitcoin also coming back. But I think one of the things that I've been keenly watching isn't the likes of Dogecoin or Bitcoin. That I think there are these upcoming stable coins, uh, some upcoming coins that I think. Uh, A good example, uh, there's one that a friend introduced me that I think they were releasing their IDO uh, on a Tuesday at 0.25 cents. Within a week, uh, it was at about 1.8. And I think most people still don't know some of these uh, projects around DeFi that are coming up, but I've been learning a lot about some of these projects around DeFi. uh, generally what they're trying to solve and how to get early into some of these projects. So it's an interesting space to get into and not just look at, I think, what people know as likes of Dogecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum. So many interesting projects coming up. Uh, I think it's also good to do your own research and uh, know where to invest. And some of them are pretty, I think, depending on, say, your network, it's easier to get in at the earliest, earliest stages, basically compare it like, getting in at the seed stage before it gets into an IPO, but I think for the DeFi projects that are called IDEOs. So I'm I'm really learning a lot um, on this space. And I think going forward, I'll be able to share uh, much more with the audience in terms of what I'm learning. They can also share the same. Uh, the other thing is that I think on Safaricom, uh, look, I'm, I'm optimistic about that company. When you look at our local stock market, I think it's the only company that's that's well positioned for the future yes most others are but it's it's extremely well positioned uh, the expansion into ethiopia if they get a license to do mobile money at some point well and good good for them uh but i think speaking on pitendegua strategy uh, i think someone mentioned that uh, the strategy to be a tech company i think it's a good one uh, my thinking is uh that i think despite the complaints by say the and some stuff, I think, personally, I like Peter Degwa's strategy. I think it's a good strategy to, from an investor's perspective, uh, I already like his strategy. So I think as part of, as well, uh, during the briefing next week, uh, I think we'll try as the team and try to get him on board for a podcast or to generally comment about what he thinks about the numbers, his strategy going forward, despite all these other things. Uh, I, I think despite all these complaints the share price has, has gone up but yeah, since he came on board. So, and the, most of the time, that's what investors usually care about. Uh, the other thing that I do not want to mention in this call is, look, uh, what happened to Bill Gates and the family this week? Uh, I don't have much comments. Uh, Felix, you, forget, you forgot to mention about that.
1: Oh, man. Thanks, thanks a lot. Actually, one thing that guys haven't really noticed is there are lots of things, you know, there are crazy things people do in this market, you know? <laughs> uh, the, the market where guys actually place on on which which uh, celebrity or famous couples are likely to get a divorce within the year. And we saw there was Oprah earlier on. There was uh, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And uh, it's Bill Gates. And they are actually guys who cashed out on that. You know, I don't know. Like, people are investing in any crazy idea. So um But, but anyway, that, that that is very for the celebrity side. um I know access to such markets is also they have a little bit of a cap on those markets. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe very
0: soon they they might guys might always find a way. Uh, at, at, to, at, to actually, there's a platform whereby you can you can place a bet on some of some of these events, politics uh things like what's happening uh some of these things so you know guys sure. guys
1: actually put uh, a lot of bets even on war and you're like really
2: yeah i think, <laughs> I think felix one of uh, and and eric was talking about uh, decentralized finance so one of the biggest uh applications or use cases that has come out of uh, decentralized finance is the prediction markets Yes. Uh, so basically where uh, people, uh, it, it's, it's, it's sort of like uh, a betting, but in this case, we don't have um, makers, market makers. So basically in this case, you come up and you say, uh, what, Bill Gates are going to get divorced within the year. And then you guys decide the odds. Um, and again, yeah, there the, are really seen applications which are um, which have really picked and uh, it's interesting that actually you had mentioned this felix uh, <laughs> a while back about people betting on who is going to be the next couple to to break up and you know people actually had put their money on bill gates and they are lucky very very lucky guys
0: hmm.
1: <clears throat> all right um so i i believe we've been here for some time <laughs> and i know there are a lot of guys guys are probably exhausted and it's time to just um, possibly call it off. We can't say everything uh, today. I know some of this stuff and some of these discussions will definitely be having a discussion around this, um, not really the similar topics, but a lot now regarding tech, regarding uh, week-to-week stock performance as we talk on We're Curious on Friday. I know Jackson will also give us an update on what we should expect on the HISA app. He's really shared with us uh, a nice um, preview of what we expect, mostly with the events market. Uh, we need to just also know an update. I know a lot of investors have been wondering when trading and stuff will come on the Hisa app. And we mentioned that last week, but also know you can also give us a more, um, a, much, um, an, a more active, interesting update this week. Uh, for those of you who've been listening uh, on Twitter Spaces, thank you all for joining in. It's been interesting having you guys on board. Um, this was our first uh, Twitter podcast for Twitter Spaces uh, for both bears and whiskey, but on Monday, I know, and also last week on Friday, we also um, had We're Curious on both Twitter Spaces, Telegram, uh once again remember that the recording of this podcast will be available to you guys on the hisa platform so you might want to just go up and just download the Hisa app it it might take you just two minutes to sign up all you need is just to get a phone number wherever you are uh today i'm seeing a lot of guys have joined us in from tanzania as well thank you all i think um oh my god
0: Excellent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> left, you know you know you know i'm seeing guys from tanzania some of um, our friends from Tanzania have joined in today, and I just forgot that we actually aired things out. Uh, the past two days, we've been airing things out. I was yeah, forgetting.
2: I, I, I think, Felix, what we can do is um, let, let's have a, an in-depth discussion on, on, on Kenya-TZ relations and what to expect from uh, from President uh, Suluhu's visit uh, on the on the We Are Curious podcast on Friday so uh, because because I wouldn't want us to, to have you know a half halfback discussion now so I'd rather we save it for for we are curious where we can you know go deep into uh, what to expect because um, so far I think from today's visit uh, it looks like um, those relations are going to be to be much much better than they were uh, under the previous uh, regime.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'm really sorry, Wema. I know you really wanted us to touch on, on um, on on Wiki, on Tanzania and Kenya. We'll start with this on WQ on on Friday. I'm really sorry I forgot about this. Uh, I think it's because a lot of conversations came in mostly regarding market. But we will have a more interesting session on, on on um on Friday. And to top it up, I guess we will also, um, give you guys a few insights on how you can actually invest on the Dar es Salaam Stock Exchange in tanzania and also for those of you in tanzania who've joined us today we'll also give you guys a lot of insights on how you can be able to invest on the nairobi securities exchange so thank you all guys and um, i guess that's it for today